Hello and welcome back, lovely listener. I hope you are well. You are listening to My Surrogacy Journey, the podcast season two, and I'm back for another incredible episode, which I think is going to be a really powerful one. We're back in the studio, but today you just have me and our amazing guests. Season two has been in the making for almost a year, and we're really excited to be back recording it just for you. We even have a sponsor for this season. Hearts and Essex Fertility Centre was established in 1989 with an outstanding track record, have created over 7,000 babies as a result of their care over the past 34 years. Hearts and Essex Fertility Centre is a leading surrogacy clinic and was awarded Surrogacy Fertility Clinic of the Year in 2018 and again in 2022. So today we're talking to two sets of My Surrogacy Journey intended parents. We're talking to Joe and Dan and Jen and Will. And we want to hear all about their story so far and all of the elements that they kind of had to navigate through when right at the start of their journey, thinking about the agency to use and the route that was right for them. Let's start with you, first of all, Will and Jen. What's your name and where are you from? So I'm Jen, originally from Ireland. Uh, we live in Cardiff. Uh, I'm Will, yeah, uh, lived in Cardiff, so I brought the Irish girl to Wales. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and our journey, I guess, we're about four years in now from the beginning. So I think we just started off as a lot of heterosexual couples do. You think you're going to get pregnant. We got pregnant pretty quick, miscarried that one on the, well, we knew it was something going wrong about six weeks, miscarried at eight. And then I think for me, I couldn't really remember 2019 really much. It's a bit of a fog, but we got pregnant again quite quick again. Mm-hmm miscarried that one that was a bit more traumatic as a suspected ectopic um and that's when I think I started to think as a female there's something wrong with me there's you know we better go to IVF or something um my sister is an embryologist so we had kind of an inside track there but we met our amazing consultant Amanda um and she was like you don't really need it you're grand to just just honestly just try and relax which is easier said than done of course and so she said look if you're not pregnant by January come back that was 2020 and she said okay great we'll schedule in for March and then Covid hit mm-hmm. so we went for IVF in I want to say it's around what time is it in July-ish time yeah late June late June July and that was a good cycle um got two lovely embryos one implanted and well, one transferred didn't implant and went again in November and I remember because it was uh the Biden Trump election on the TV haven't you come out of post-op <laughs> And um, really good cycle. So I thought that was a good thing. You know, Biden just got elected. Sorry if there's anyone who's a Trump supporter. <laughs> and um, went for a transfer, didn't work again. And so my consultant said, why don't you go for two the next time around? And I knew I had a something with my heart because I was getting checked every year. And they said, you'd be fine getting pregnant, but just we'd keep an eye on it. So I have an aorta, like the aorta, which is kind of like the major blood vessel coming out of the heart, was enlarged and it had grown. Um, and so the diagnosis then was... It was it was pretty dark. It put a high chance of something quite catastrophic happening if I got pregnant, which was a shock, actually. Yeah, after the diagnosis, obviously they gave us percentages and of if Jen was to carry to full term, um, and it was just really eye opening in a way when the consultant said, "Well, if Jen does go full term, um, there's a possibility that something will happen with Jen's aorta and." It'll be a case of you leave your pregnant wife expecting her to come out with a little one to them coming out potentially going, do you know what? I'm really sorry. You've lost both of them. Mm -hmm. So that was um, quite difficult. That's why we then said, put almost a stop to um, IVF. And that's when we came 
um, and turn to surrogacy. Yeah, um, which is natural. I mean, it depends on where you are in your own journey. But I think for me, as a female, there's a lot to process there. You you yeah. have to come to terms with an awful lot. And it's quite difficult, I think, to... Okay, no, um, I, th- I think it's just quite hard for, it was especially hard for Jen because it's not the, 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 the I, I say natural, but do you know what I mean? It's, it wasn't yeah. the easiest decision to come to because um, essentially Jen all her life has always wanted to carry her child um, and then this doctor just go in, turn around and go in. I'm really sorry. If you do, yeah. then something major can happen. Um but yeah, it's it was a it was a hard and dark dark time. It's a lot um, of process as well, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and I think what's really good is that we've we just continue to talk. Yeah, um, we talked um, as Jen said, we talked to a sister who's like a specialist in the area. So mm. it was a case of we talked to her and we talked to our consultants as well. We talked to our doctors to get the full picture of it all. When the decision was to turn to surrogacy, it it was personally like the right choice because for me that's what I did not want to happen is to have that doctor come out and go right I'm really sorry that you're leaving the hospital alone Mm. um the risk was too high wasn't it yeah um it was I the the analogy I used with Jen was she was like there were times that Jenny was going through yeah I'll do it I'll carry to full time it'll be fine I'll be fine I'll be fine and I was like okay get a gun with like four chambers, stick one bullet in a chamber, spin it and put the gun to your head and pull the trigger. See how lucky you feel. And that's what essentially it came down to because it was 27% chance chance that that could happen. And it's only until that you kind of do just go down. It'll go, I'll be fine. But it's only until something real. It sounds silly, but... Mm. I think as a female, it's easier for you to kind of almost like not worry about yourself so much so it was anyone will will put it in such stark terms for me because I was like oh but there's like a 70% chance it'll be fine but you know I think it's then you kind of you have to think bigger than yourself it's a tough one it's still something that's really tough to get used mm-hmm. to and I think you you've good days bad days on that one but like you know I'm like I'm very lucky that I've got such an amazing partner in Will and an incredible family but you, you will, like, I, I do sometimes feel really crappy about myself. And that's okay to feel like that. I think you just have to, it is what it is. You know, you've been dealt these cards. You may not like the hand, but you just got to do the best you can with it. And, um, yeah, I think that's that's where what brought us here and what brought us to, I guess, MSJ. I mean, we looked at other places too, but I suppose we can talk about our journey as well later if mm-hmm. you want. No, and I think, you know, from the, all the time that I've spent with you, mostly on, on Zoom calls, I think it's really evident to see how connected you are and how you support each other, which is really, really lovely to see. Mm-hmm. I, I think the whole process, surrogacy as a whole, if you haven't got that connection, if, you, if you're not strong enough mm-hmm. as a couple, mm-hmm. then it will be hard. Mm. Yes, we have dark times. I'll go through like a little dip, but Jen will be there to hold me up and vice versa. And I think that's that's what every couple hopefully will, will have. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you're not always going to be rock solid as well. You're going to yeah. go through periods where you're not. Mm-hmm. And there um, are times that you just want to sit in your, in your pyjamas, curtains closed, yeah. eat your body weight in chocolate and watch <laughs> Mary Poppins on repeat. He's more Mary Poppins. I'm not. No, I know. <laughs> 
No, thank you. That was a really lovely, lovely. Let's go over to you, Joan Dan. You kind of give us a bit of your your story and where you've got to. Yeah, sure. So, hi, I'm Dan. I'm from Essex, and I'm Joe. I'm from, also from Essex. You can <laughs> probably tell by the accents, right? Yeah. <laughs> so our journey well, we met in January 2020 so and sort of three and a half years now that we've been together and I'm sort of 42 now and didn't expect to meet the love of my life when I was in my late 30s so uh, being a parent was always a, a huge dream for me so I'd actually looked into surrogacy as an IP on my own before I'd met Dan so already been looking around and looking at different options but um, then Dan and I met in January 2020 and it's kind of like all our values and beliefs and dreams and everything all just came together and it was this great big sort of like explosion that right okay well we want to be dads and Revelation. it was always going to be surrogacy as the option because we both had a real strong desire to be to have biological children sure. we get the question all the time as I'm sure you guys have is why don't you adopt there's plenty yeah. of children out there you know but you know just because we're two guys doesn't mean that the right's taken That's away from default, us to have yeah, yeah biological mm-hmm. children. So, I mean, different to you guys, we knew from the beginning that we didn't have all the parts that we needed to have a baby. So I think I had struggled with that mentally years ago when I first came out. That was a big thing for me because I was like, I always knew I wanted to be a dad, even when I was sort of 10 years old. And I used to go to my mum's playgroup and play with the kids. I just loved it. So I always knew I was going to be a parent. But when I came out, that was the main thing for me. And it was the main thing for my mother as well, is that she thought, oh, I'm never going to have grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And it's always something we struggled with. So when we met and it was like same dream, we were like, wow, we need to like get on this. I think at that point we wanted to explore the the option of surrogacy a little bit further and just had, I mean, where'd you begin? Mm. Right, well, there's so many questions and so many different things on the websites and just telling you so many different stuff that I think it was two dads that we came across first of all the sure. the other group and um reached out spoke with Mike and um yeah we just had a bunch of questions that just instantly put us you know at ease and just sort of began to understand that process a little bit more but I think also as well like on unique times right 2020 2021 the lockdowns just gave us a lot mm-hmm. of opportunity to really sit down with each other and understand exactly what it is that we both wanted as what I now know as a term as intended parents. You know, mm-hmm. we wouldn't even use that <laughs> as that term back then mm-hmm. as uh, as something that's quite regular as we do now. But um, to be able to understand and look further into, let's speak with these guys, let's find out a little bit more information. Mm. Will and Jen, what, what were the kind of concerns you had around surrogacy? What were the thoughts? Oh, so many. I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak. So... <laughs> Oh, good. You are me too. too. Yeah. There's, there's one in every couple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think for me, the control, I mean, as a female as well, I suppose, you know, I mean, different, like I, I grew up believing I could have a baby and I could mm-hmm. carry. And so you've got that knowing that you can't do that, but then also like, then thinking, well, I'm not, we're now going to have to find someone that we trust to give our most precious thing to and trust that they're going to look after that like we would. Mm-hmm. And then you realize you're so vulnerable that you also get scared because before we spoke with you and before we kind of learned more about surrogacy, you're terrified that this person is going to get pregnant with your child and then could essentially hold you to ransom. Like mm-hmm. you're just going to do whatever sure, they ask because they've got your baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was, well, how do we ever find someone that we trust? And like trust is a really difficult thing because it's like mm-hmm. finding, you know, the love of your life. It's not 
it's kind of a bit serendipity. It's kind of fate. It's, you know, so for, for me, it was the fear of we're never going to find someone that we truly trust to do this in. We're always going to be, you know, crossing our fingers behind our backs. I've never known anyone to go through surrogacy, never known anyone to go through a miscarriage. And it's going through the whole process for me. I couldn't go to like my dad or my uncle, my co- my cousin, my friend or whatever and just go, hi, mate, I'm going through a bad time because X, Y and Z has happened. Mm-hmm. Can you give me a piece of advice? So I couldn't do that. But I think ever since meeting you guys at MSJ, that has helped massively because if I've got an issue or there's a little concern or niggle in my head, I can literally just drop you guys a message or give you a phone call or jump on a Zoom call, ask the question, bang, straight away, I'm reassured. Um, But I think that at the start of the whole process was no one I knew had been through it. No one I knew could give me advice. So that's what was my main one. But yeah. Um, yeah. no, but going on, Jen, going back to Jen's one, it was like we were asking, we were actually considering asking our best friends mm. and stuff. And I didn't want to do that because if anything happened, of course, we would be like, oh, is it because they did it wrong or they didn't look after it the right way and stuff like that? N- no one knowing or no one understanding. Mm. That is really super common. And that's yeah. something that most people face yeah and that's whether you want to tell people you're going through it or not or but it's it's not uncommon to not have that kind mm. of level of knowledge within your peers and i know this this is just my personal experience but there seems to be a massive stigma mm. around it all and that's miscarriage that's surrogacy mm-hmm. and that's for men men don't speak as much as women do and like only like a handful of my friends know what i've what we're going through but all of Jen's do, mm-hmm. all her family knows. Mm. Not all my family know because I haven't told them. Mm-hmm. It's not because I'm ashamed or anything. No, it's just no. because it sounds really bad, but I just don't know what to say. No, of course. Um, it's personal to everyone, yeah. isn't it? It's a lot to explain, I think, as well. Um, like my friends are great because they just normalize it. And I think when you meet other people, like in other intended parents and you become part of that community, it becomes more normal. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that yeah, it's not like as one of my counselors first said, yeah, this is not normal. Like, like as in for a heterosexual couple, this is not normal, but that's okay. You mm-hmm. know, you just got to embrace that. And as soon as you kind of accept that, mm-hmm. it becomes easier. And my friends now, like we'll be on the phone and we'll be chatting and say, hey, how are you? How are the kids? Oh, yeah, grand. Yeah, listen, where are you with that surrogacy now? Like they'd be at, they'd, they're at that kind of part of it of how is your surrogate? How is that coming along? Oh, how were they? Did you see them last weekend? It's part of normal conversation now. So I'm very grateful for the friends I have for that. But, you know, I would say it's at the beginning we weren't like that. No. And it takes some adjustment, doesn't it? It takes time to process. And and I think, and I know I say this a lot, you don't know what you don't know, but when you start your journey to where you are now, you, you look how far you've come mm. already, you know? it's it's it, it takes a long time. And like, guys, I know you, you guys aren't at the same level of, of these guys and you will be at some point. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to you two guys. So in terms of, what were the apprehensions you had before starting surrogacy? What were the worries that you had? Because I think it's really interesting because our listener will either be <laughs> same sex or our listener will either be hetero. And I think the, the reason that we have, you know, two types of intending parents on is so that we're always hearing different sides of perspective. Mm. And I think it's, you know, what you, you guys, Will and Jenna are talking about, I hear it so often. And, and I know it's going to be the same for you guys. So Joe and Dan, tell us about what the apprehension was at the start of your journey. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that was loads, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, and, and listening to to you guys as well, like we had the same apprehensions, like at the very beginning of if we go through surrogacy, what's to say that this person at the end is is how how do you trust that person? How I mean, it sounds. It, it, I say it sounds silly now, but I know that it doesn't because we've all been through this. But what if they change their mind? Mm. Right at the very end, during the process, whatever it is, like, what if they change their mind? How do you? And then, how does somebody begin to answer that to convince you otherwise? Um, we got over that fairly quickly, though, because it was the, the two, obviously, the two options: the traditional mm. or the gestational, and it was. Uh, quite a lot of things we tend to agree on, but and Danny's really laid back. I'm definitely the like the I try to be the decision maker all the time, but occasionally he calls me out, and this was something he really called me out on because I was actually fairly comfortable with a traditional route. I would have explored it, but he just cut that off and was just like, absolutely not. I, I'm not comfortable with that whatsoever. We need to go um, through the other route, and I was like, Do you know what? That's the first time I've seen you that passionate about something. So we're going with that. And yeah, it's a lot more expensive because for me, I work in finance. So money was a big thing for me. Still is a big thing for me. Sure. We're not millionaires. We're by no means got lots of money. And every single penny that we put into this, we would have blood, sweat, tears would have gone into that penny. So everything means a lot. And all those decisions mean a lot. And I've, I've probably asked some pretty weird questions to people throughout this journey when it comes to finances, because I want to know the detail. Um, so for me, that was a fairly big thing. And Dan, um, you, you just, you, Joe, you just mentioned that Dan was very adamant around, you know, gestational and not traditional. What do you think it was that made that decision? Was it because you understood and was really well informed and was able to make a really firm decision about what was right for you? Yeah, I think so. I think I, I can't remember exactly what the point was, but I, I for for Dan for the gestational, it was that person is not going to run off with our baby. Whereas traditional, mm. he has got it, had it in his head that that person was just going to say, well, that's my egg. I don't care if that's your sperm. Yeah. I'm going to do a yeah. runner. I want that baby. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah, for, a, for, for a mental block point of view, it was like, it's not their egg. It's not their sperm. Therefore, it's our baby. It's not your yeah. baby. And that, that was how mm. we dealt with that as a couple. And, and that's a really common quick. approach, to be fair, yeah. you know, in terms of people, you know, deciding which one's right for them. You know, a lot most people in your situation would go for gestational. But again, you know, I think through that, this whole process, it's all about what feels right. I mean, that's how Michael and I managed our journey. It's all about what felt right for us. And I'm assuming that it was the same for you guys, you know. Yeah, I think yeah. you just have to go with your gut. And I think whenever you feel like your gut's telling you something different, just listen to that. Yeah. You may yeah. not be able to yeah. vocalise why. But there were, you know, we'd, we'd explored other agencies as well. And there were times we'd come off Zoom calls or we'd go to a social and I, we would come away and I would just be like, I can't, I can't do, I can't do that again. You would be able to verbalize why, but every single fiber in your body was telling you no. And then you just had to just listen to that and go, okay, well, I don't know what the other option is, but we're not doing that again. Sure. So I think that's what I would say is just go with your tummy. Your, your gut knows the best. No, I, I totally agree. That's my mantra. Now, we all know that, you know, surrogacy is the long haul and it takes a while to be matched. And I think, you know, you guys are waiting to be matched, but Will and Jen, you are matched. And But that hasn't come quickly, has it? You know, there's been a long period of time where it's taken us to match you. Mm. And and, I, and we've had some difficult conversations, right? You know, in terms of the, the time, the time frames. How have you dealt with that? Because I know that that for most couples or single people going through surrogacy, managing that wait time is really really difficult well for me um like conversations we've had 
from the off, I put faith in you guys because this was your bread and butter. This is what you do day in, day out. So it was a case of, yes, there were long, long periods. But at the end of the day, you were doing this for us. You you weren't doing it for anything else. You were looking to help us out. And I think that's what it was. We just had to put our full and utter trust into you, into the process. I'm probably more impatient. I know. I am the more impatient I know. one. <laughs> I know. Um, there, were, there were times Jen was like, oh, what's happened? I was like, look, look, this, they're the experts. This is their bread and butter. Oh, okay. I'll wait. So I would, sit on the hands. yeah, I, I don't like waiting. I, I'm really impatient. So you want it to work qu as quickly as possible. But I would say looking back on it in hindsight, we had good discussions preparing for this, didn't we, really? I don't know, like I'm not like, I'm not really believing in the universe or something. But I think in hindsight, you can kind of see that sometimes things happen for a reason. And sometimes it, you need to go slower to go quicker. Slowing us down helped someone like me who just wants to get there really quick because it gives you the time and the space to think, to talk. And what it gave us last year was because we'd done our profile and we did our video and we'd call you all the time going, should we tweak it? And you'd be like, <laughs> no, it's fine. Seriously, leave it. <laughs> and that is the temptation if you're someone like me is to constantly fiddle around the edges. But then what we did was it kind of, Will just said, trust in the process. And we just kind of let go, kind of almost surrender to it. And we then had the time to connect back with us because surrogacy can be all consuming. It really can. And sometimes just surrendering and trusting in the process means that we had a great year last year didn't we? 2022 was an amazing year for us and that's actually when we found our surrogate as well because we just relaxed and connected back to being a couple and didn't think day in day out I mean our code word is be the s let's not talk about s today and we didn't even worry about that last year no and I think you've just got to have over the whole process and this if I was to give you one piece of advice just have time for yourself. Mm. I think over the whole process, just if there are times where you're a little bit overwhelmed about the whole process, just take a step back. Just concentrate on yourself. Have like a day with no phones or no social media or anything like that because that's what we did. Mm. And that's what properly got us through everything. Mm. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, you, the couples have to be strong. You have to be connected in the whole thing and that's what we've done like as you said we've now last year f found our surrogate who is amazing um and yeah we just believed in the process and believed in you guys and i think it, you're right jen you know it does become all consuming yeah. and i and i you know i have some really difficult conversations with intended parents you know mm. but i i kind of say to them it, this will happen and i'm sure i probably said this to you mm. you know it's gonna happen guys i can't tell you when but it's gonna happen and then when it does it's the right person for you. And it is all about finding that right match, yeah. you know, and I get IPs that are really frustrated and it happens all the time, you know, but that's kind of what we do. But I just say to them, I mean, look, this will happen. And when it does happen, remember this conversation mm. because the amount of times I've had conversations with IPs and they're like, you were right. We were waiting for the right person. Mm -hmm. And we've, we'd potentially seen some surrogates before and they weren't right for us. But this one absolutely is and feels absolutely right. And that and that's the process. But we accept as an organization that you're going through tough times. You want it to happen. You're desperate for it to happen. But it's really difficult for us to try and manage expectation. Mm -hmm. And as much as we try, I think what's a really good analogy for you guys is how you kind of you let it be and yeah. you didn't let it consume you because often that does. And I think you have to get to that limit before you realize that it's consuming you mm. and then you relax. And I'm not saying this is going to happen for everyone, but 
but for you guys, then it then it then yeah, it happened. Like we would, I mean, we sound like we might sound like the perfect couple. And if you're listening to this, going these two sound like per- perfect. We're not. Like we'd have had we'd have had loads of fights about surrogacy, where one of us would say no more about it. I'm not talking about it this weekend. But I think that's when you know, you, as you say, you get to that point where you then just have to go right. That's it. Just surrender. And sometimes you don't know until you get to that point. Yeah. Right? I probably wouldn't have. You you knew before I did. I I fought against her for. A while. <laughs> <laughs> But but I'm not saying that your journey is typical, but it kind of is, you know, and, and I hear that a lot from intended parents about what, how they manage the process and everyone's different, right? Everyone has different levers and everyone has different things that they're willing to accept, but also people have different kind of things where they've come from mm. and things to deal with. So no one journeys the same. So in terms of the advice that you would give to these guys, I know that you just gave some, but is there anything else that you would say to them to help them manage that period that, that felt like forever with you guys? I know it did. I'd say just be patient. I know it's, and that's easier said than done. And that's some, coming from someone who likes everything like yesterday. Um, just let go and surrender to it. It's, it will happen. Well, what meant, what's meant for you won't pass you. So just believe in that. And, you know, we're only, you know, we haven't got to the stage of a transfer yet and I don't know what the future is going to hold. But the, you know, what we kind of focus on, I'm, I'm very future focused kind of individual. Will's kind of more in the present, which helps pull me back. But, what I would liken it to is sometimes you're, if you're cycling, if you're a cyclist or if you're a runner or whatever, and you're running or cycling up a hill, if you look at the top of the hill, it looks really scary and you think I can never make that. But then if you just look at your own feet and think one pedal or one step, and that's what you, my advice would be just focus on the, this is probably Will's advice to me, but <laughs> focus on the now, celebrate every single win, whether it's a call with a potential surrogate, whether you get matched with a surrogate, each of them are little wins, each of them are another step forward and celebrate each of them and don't worry about, and I, I say this out, outwardly and it's more self-counselling, but don't worry about what the future may hold because you, you can't control that, that will happen, whether you worry about it or not. But try to celebrate the little mini wins that come along the way. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. And as I said earlier, just talk, mm. talk, talk and talk. One of you may be having a, like a dark, dark day and the other person in the relationship just needs to hold space for that person because before you know it, it could be you having that dark day and your partner will hold that space for you. It is a long journey, but trust in, trust in them, SJ. Yeah. They are a good group of people mm. and they, will, they are doing <clears throat> their utmost to help every single couple. So just as Jen says, just celebrate the mini wins as we say back home, Ailsa it and just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just believe in them. Yeah. So we, we have these little things where it's Elsa, like Elsa, just frozen it, just let it go. Just let it go. Or um, <laughs> today I'm Dory, which like Dory, which is just keep swimming, just keep swimming. So some days where you're so overwhelmed, you're like, just keep swimming. Just Lots keep of swimming. Disney references. And then, yes, <laughs> and otherwise it's just it, frozen. You know? yeah. And we're like, just let it go. Yeah. So we have our little code words as well. But that's how you get through it, right? Yeah. And that's the mechanisms you've built between you yeah. to help you navigate through some of those sometimes really difficult yeah. times. You'll have your own code words, you'll have your own language. Um, I think we can relate to that. We like the process that we've been through and going through um, obviously the clinics and the pricity, find, finding the, the donor. donor for us. Um, each little step now, you look back and you go, oh yeah, that was a win mm. tick, mm. that was a win tick. And 
at the time that was actually a really big thing yeah. <laughs> yeah. that 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 hurdle was like a really big thing and now you're big milestones actually yeah, really when you think about it and i think yeah, you know yeah. often people underestimate the milestones yeah. i mean you know particularly when you have to find a donor then you mm-hmm. have to manage the elements of do you birth create embryos do one of you create embryos yeah. the impact of that yeah that there's, was tricky there's lots of different yeah. things to navigate and i also think that those of you who are using donor conception to create your family there's there's elements that you won't have even thought about what we often hear with intended parents who are using either donor sperm or donor eggs is that they're thinking about the here and now and the decisions they're making are about here and now and actually the decisions they're making should also be thinking about the future and how what does the future look like and how is your decision now going to impact the future and i'm hoping as an organization that's what we help you navigate through and help you understand mm. so it's for me um with MSJ and I wrote it down it was quite a poignant thing when we were sort of preparing to what we we're going to talk about today was that MSJ isn't here to make decisions for you and I think that was a real moment for me that I realised that because not at any point have you told us that's what you need to do as a couple because we are quite strong-minded we knew what we wanted we just didn't know how to get there so it was every single step it's a list of options and it's like oh wow so that's they're the options that you trust so we'll definitely pick one of those because you guys have been through it and so understand it and very it's all relatable so that's been really helpful for us i don't think you or mike or carly has ever said i think that's best for you guys Mm -hmm. it's always been go away have a chat and come back to us and let us know and we've made that decision and it's been fairly easy to make that decision because we've been given all the information we need. Yeah, and and really, when Michael and I set up the organisation, it was one of our guiding principles is that we're not there to make decisions for people. Yeah, We're there to arm you with all of the facts, arm you with all of the skill to make a decision yourself. And you've got to come to that. And like, we make no underestimation. These are life-changing decisions that you're making. And, you know, no one does it lightly, but we really want to make sure you've thought it through. We really want to make sure that you have all of the information that's going to allow you to make the most informed decision. And that's, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that that's yeah. that's we've achieved that because that is really fundamentally what we are all about it's it all about really choice like that. yeah it really does we feel that guys tell me about uh, your support network your family w- what do they know i mean I'm, i might be kind of saying too much on the podcast so sorry <laughs> we kind of edit it out but just i'm just curious to like how do you manage their expectation because i know that you know, from your experience, you, you're not only having to manage your own expectations, you're having to manage mm. other people that you've kind of shared your journey with. So how, how do you two manage that? We've we found it a bit difficult, actually. I mean, we are so lucky and we we think that our process every single day that we've got really lovely families. Um, mm. We've both got both parents. Both parents are pretty much retired. Um, we see them regularly and can't wait for grandchildren. Like So there is pressure there. And absolutely, we've shared our journey with them. Um, but the thing that's difficult is they know what's happening. So what appointments are coming up. So it's the pressure after the appointment that mm-hmm. I feel. And when we were having the embryos created, I underestimated how I would feel about that. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's all stats and numbers. And, you know, we're using both of our sperm and it's all right well how many embryos are we going to create and me being a control freak i was like oh well i want that many and it's like well i can't be in control of that so i couldn't speak to anyone really about that apart from dan who was extremely supportive and was just like you know we'll we'll get through this but then it's the question so who's going first or 
who's going to be the dad of the first one or those sort of questions yeah. we get asked that all the time and we hate it no I, we I, absolutely yeah, the, hate it you know we still get asked it yeah, when our kids are there in front of our kids you know Tallulah is coming up to seven this year and she she's a smart kid and we've always been open and nice with her but you know she understands what people are asking and it's it's crazy that people still ask that you know yeah. but uh but yeah. people just people are just being curious and I get that. I've got a lot of curious people in my family and a lot of curious people around me and my friends network and I know where they're coming from, but it doesn't make it hurt any less. Yeah, like it's it really is it's none of your business. And I, th- I can't remember as a therapist or someone told us a line where it's like, Well, we're both gonna be the dad. Well you are and it just shut people off. Absolutely. It you was are. that's not for you to know and I, I I'm always really astounded why people have this obsession with knowing who sperm is used. I mean, it's like you you know you wouldn't ask a, a, a hetero couple about any kind of biology to their Although children. I would fear that though. I would fear like we have had been asked, "Oh, will that child be biologically yours?" Yeah, because I'm, people assume if you're going through surrogates, it's not it's not my eggs, yeah. egg, and, and that is my fear. Like weirdly, is that when the child is born, that someone's going to say, "Is it is it yours?" Yeah, to me because. You know, normally people wouldn't question the female, but I feel like they will now because they'll think, well, there was obviously something wrong with Jen, so it must be a donor egg. You know, and we have had an older generation, I wouldn't say my friends, but probably our parents' generation ask us, would it be biologically yours? Yeah, and like in work, obviously I've I've tried to like preempt like paternity leave and maternity leave and all that. Mm. And everyone, and I've spoken to um, people in work and they've gone, yeah, but you're going through surrogacy. She won't be the birth mother. It's like she will. Well, not the birth mother. No, but you know what I mean. It's, it's it yeah. will be the the you baby's are. mother. Yeah, she yeah, will absolutely. be it, and it's just. I don't know if it's potentially like ignorance because they've just seen it for for generations. It's like male female come together, create a baby. Mm. Yeah, that's what like we've been taught on. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and things change. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just like people just haven't almost like kept like kept up with it. Evolved. With and it's her, just, yeah. and that's what we've gone through. I, I don't know what you guys. Yeah, I mean, there has to be an allowance for that. I suppose. Yeah. And these poor people, like their mind is blown. Like we've had mm. ages to get our heads around this. And that's why we really try not to get angry or rude or defensive. Yeah. We just cut it off and be like, right, that's a step too far. Yeah. And make it known that It is. And I'm not saying it's acceptable, but remember, you guys are really well informed. Yeah. yeah. And they don't have that level of, you know, being informed. Yeah. And it's not that's not their fault, but equally they should be able yeah. to manage a situation. Yeah. And that's why I was I mean, I think it what you were touching on earlier with people just being generally curious yeah. about no one's gone through this, so where do you go to? Mm. You can't talk to your family about that as an experience because no. no one's gone through it. Mm. You can't talk to your friends about it because they haven't gone through it. So it's a genuine curiosity. It is, it is. Know, and, it's, and it's one we hear about often, whereas some intended parents don't feel like they've got a safe space to be able to have conversations about mm. what's going on because no one can relate to them, no one's been through it. And, mm. you know, that's why I think sometimes at the, the My Surrogacy Journey events, you get a chance to speak to other people who are just like mm. you and who are going through yeah. the same as you and understand exactly... What, I wish we could do more, to yeah. be fair. But uh, I think I think that's a really really common point where they don't feel you don't feel as if you've got people in your support network. Mm. And then if you do tell them, then it com- comes it comes with the constant questions: Where are you at? Where's this? What's happening? And and I think it's difficult for 
you to to kind of work with the timelines never mind that yeah. you support network as well because they don't comprehend it and they really don't comprehend the time scales that are yeah. associated mm -hmm. with it like i can relate to you guys when you're saying you're making your embryos because we were going through ivf actually during lockdown which was a blessing for us and we told no one um not even our close families because again you just didn't want the whole yeah. what they've collected so how many eggs how many fertilized how many yeah. you, and you don't even understand the stats yourself so <laughs> you're thinking I, I don't know so we actually didn't tell anyone until we'd actually gone through transfer and it, it hadn't worked for us because to your point, otherwise you just have well-meaning questions and mm. curiosity. But, you know, my parents are, well, not my dad necessarily, but my mum would be like, so how many eggs yeah. did they all fertilize? And you're thinking, oh, good God, I, I never normally would talk to my mother about fertilizing yeah. eggs. Mm -hmm. So why am I, <laughs> why am I talking about this now? So we didn't, we didn't tell our parents at all, actually, until mm. afterwards, actually. I think it's about being full up emotionally as well, like that we were dealing with enough as you were mm. going through that process as a couple and as individuals without having to deal with someone else's emotions as well. And I know that can probably be, sound a bit selfish, but it is about us. And I was I was hitting that peak and I don't, I don't, I haven't felt like that in a long time, but it was a point where anyone asked me, I could feel myself welling up. I was just like, this is just such a huge moment for us and it might not feel it for other people, but we've been building up to this for a long time and, you know, that's our little family there being created and it's such a moment um, because and we've been in control of it. I don't think it's a moment you can prepare for either, No, God, well, clearly not because I wasn't prepared at all mm -hmm. for the emotions. So mm -hmm. I then really struggled with the whole family questions coming after it because I just wanted to say, oh, please just give me a... Give me a moment, yeah. But you know, it's all fine. We love them dearly, and we want them to know everything, and we really do. It's just it catches you unawares, doesn't it? At times, yeah. so yeah. And it's a kind of catch twenty-two, isn't it? You give them everything, and you get that, or you don't, and you, it's yeah. It then, is. yeah. You want them to ask, but you don't necessarily want them to ask at the same time. So it's a difficult one for them to navigate as well, as you're saying. They they're just doing their best, and they're trying mm. to be supportive by being curious. But as you say, there's times where you just don't have the capacity for them and for what they're feeling and. I've had that conversation with my family of I don't have the capacity right now to deal with your concerns about me. <laughs> yeah, I just need totally agree you with just that. need to know that I'm okay. Yeah, but I really I love you dearly, but I please I need you to go away for a while. I'm okay, please. I I can't deal with your stress about me. Yes, yeah, so, sir. So next time, and what we would say to listener is tell your relatives to listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's going to give them a really good insight yeah. to the type of, you know, what you're dealing with and how, how you know, they impact you on your journey, which is already, you know, challenging enough at times, you're right. Mm. Guys, Joe and Dan, how, how are you doing with the weight? Because, you know, you've, you, you are, you do have embryos. Yeah. You are waiting to be matched with a surrogate. I don't know exactly off the top of my head how long you've been waiting, but just talk to me about how how you're dealing with it and how it feels. I mean, it's a long wait, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think we're, we're, we're doing okay. Yeah. It's, I, th I think for us, like you said at the beginning, didn't you, Joe? Like we, we kind of accept at the beginning of our journey, you know, that this is going to be a, a longer journey for us because it, it, it just has going to be because biologically we can't have children together. So, for us, we, we went through quite a bit in terms of, like what I was saying earlier, with choosing egg donors and then going to the clinics. And then once that's all done and you have your embryos, what I then wasn't actually prepared for, or maybe both of us, was now's the waiting game, cool, and, and that's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and now it's like, 
we're sort of in this limbo stage of what what next should we be doing anything can we do anything is there anything else that we should know about is there and each time like carly she's like no no it's all good we're good like and we do like like what you guys saying like explicitly like we the trust the process and we know it's all happening and all of that and it's just yeah being patient isn't it yeah i mean for me so, i've got to get my mind on something else so i've got my mind on something else we moved we're getting married <laughs> like it's all happening for us it's all great and if i didn't if i personally didn't have that then i don't know where i'd be if i'm honest i probably would be much more of a nuisance and i would be scrolling the internet a hell of a lot more but yeah we were always planning on moving anyway um so we moved and we've got our door up us so we've got to do all the house um also we're getting married in september next year so it's a bit risky to book a wedding then because you don't know what's around the corner but as dan said come on let's just do it and then it we always knew we were going to get married we're not that far in advance so for me in my head is it's you know I've got, I've got this sort of path out in front of me um so i can put things at the back of my head and just have a catch up with carly and you know we can talk about it and when it happens for us it happens but occasionally i have times when i'm screaming in my head thinking what is going on here like our family's in the is frozen and ready to go and I really want to meet so even just meeting the surrogate I just love yeah. to meet them and just find out who they are and just find out more about them and like just knowing that someone is out there that potentially is going to carry our, our baby or our mm. family is just so exciting but just trying to sit on my hands and yeah. I think there's an element as well for listeners like just in terms of how feeling is frustrated mm -hmm. if I'm being brutally honest mm -hmm. because it's the not not a not you guys <laughs> just the the actual the process because again it, it you have a lot to do in that sort of like beginning stage and that start and is oh, it, you're quite busy aren't you, you know, there's, exactly you know, there's lots to take yeah. in there's lots of appointments yeah, there's lots yeah. of people to speak to and then all of a sudden yeah and the frustration is that the just you know this is just where we are as a as a society and where we are here in the uk with the whole thing is the stat still one in four one surrogates in four, yeah. for ips yeah yep. so you know, it's un it's understanding that, and it's that's the frustration part of we're, we're ready, mm. like we're all ready, and we're having yeah. to sort it of is. wait. I so there's something you can't control there, but being understanding it and accepting it. Sure, and I think well, and Jen, you might relate to this, but like I see a lot of intended parents who aren't successful with surrogates, and they don't move forward with a particular surrogate, and they take it really personally. And the first thing they say is, "What's wrong with us? What's wrong with my profile? How can I be better?" All of those things, and 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 the conversation. I mean, I, I know you know that you've had exactly that, haven't you? Like we we've had the exact like should we change our profile maybe if we make ourselves look more interesting and we'll be like yeah but Jen we're going to say we're paddleboarders and then we're going to meet a surrogate and then we're going to have to go paddleboarding and <laughs> we're like really quick we're not <laughs> you know like we've just been on a paddleboard once love we are not professionals so we'd look at our own profile and go God we look boring like should we do so we try jazz ourselves up and Wes would always say to us no you're lovely the way you are just mm. trust um so everything you guys were saying we were both you know, vigorously nodding away to here yeah. when you were talking because we felt all those, you know, how can we go quicker? Why aren't we seeing it? Has there anyone, we'd say to you, has anyone looked at our profile? And then you'd say, would well, you want to know that? I don't know. I don't know. You, and I think like once, sorry to interrupt, but one stage we said, how many people have looked at our profile? And you turn around and go, do you really want to know? And you literally, I think this is the only time you took a decision away from us. You yeah. went, I'm not actually going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> because it was just then going back, just thinking, 
right, if there's 17, what mm. what's wrong with me that those 17, The impact for example, of that, that, yeah. that yeah. what I would give you would have a, mm. I knew it would have a rippling impact. Yes. Yeah. Mm. But going back to what you said, they don't make decisions for us, but that mm. was the only decision yeah. that you've made. And I think that was, was the, the right, right decision one. to do. Because we are the type of personalities, aren't we? It's like, it's like being a kid in that playground and not being picked for, you always think, why, why am I being picked mm. for your team? I'm mm. awesome. Like why, at the same time, I was thinking you're, you're incredibly boring. We were grateful that you didn't actually tell us that. I think that would have just, some, certainly like someone like me would have put me into a mind melt. Yeah, and I think that's a dynamic decision that I have to make on the spot. <laughs> yeah. But it's also around, I've known you for a long time now and I've built a relationship with you and I kind of, I kind of know you, but I kind of don't. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I know how you react to things. I know what's going to happen. So it's about, it's always about trying to do the right thing for you and it's always about what's in your best interest. And I might have made a mistake there, I might not, but... It was what I thought was the right thing to yeah. do, you know. And I think it's always about trying to manage expectations because, you know, I speak to IPs and the first thing they say to me, what's wrong with us? You know, mm -hmm. I was like, there's nothing wrong with you. This is not a job interview. It's not that you weren't qualified. This just wasn't the right fit for you right now, but there will be a right fit. And I know I've had that conversation with you guys and you found that right fit and there will be a right fit for you two guys. I, I'm mm -hmm. absolutely certain of it. And, but you have to put the faith in it. And, and I know you guys all talk about having the faith and faith in us, but we have to have that same faith as well. We have to have the faith that the processes we have in place are, are right and and that we're giving everyone what they need. You know, we, we firmly believe in it. I mean, I'm sat here with you all today and, and it's, it's, it's what we do. And I'm hoping that podcasts like this allow people to understand surrogacy better, which might mean that more surrogates come forward. That may, might mean that the wait time for everyone reduces slightly. You know, the UK is difficult and that that's the reality that I have to talk to people about. And sometimes people don't like what I have to say, but this is the UK. You know, as an organisation, we do everything we can to attract surrogates to want to work with us and match with, you know, amazing people like you. I'm, we are really privileged as an organisation because I would say... 99.9% of our IPs are amazing people and are going to make amazing parents. And it's really easy to match really lovely people like you guys. Yeah. You matched you matched with a really lovely surrogate and she matched with you as well. This is, yeah. And remember, this is not just about a surrogate match with an IP or vice versa. It is about both. And what I have learned from this process is that surrogates are equally as nervous and insecure about matching with someone this is not about yeah. they hold all the power they're going to make those decisions they are well the ones we work with are just just like you guys really nervous about the match really nervous about the calls because they're as invested as as you are and it's a it's a real privilege actually to be in the middle of it all and see that the matches come together and, and how that is changing people's lives and I would just say, once you are matched, be patient, because if you like just listening to you, if you expect it to all go quickly again, you will have to then wait as well. There will be it won't happen mm. straight away. There mm. will be. Yeah, I think you're right. There. Bloods and appointments Genial. and a whole other world opens up in front of you. Um, so we're now in that next patient yeah. phase, but um, it will happen. But yeah, it, each stage, you just want it to happen as quickly as possible. But it's just going it, to it has its own time frame. Mm. Do you know what? I've loved just having a really relaxed conversation with both of you, both through different lenses from both couples. Last piece of advice. So if you are, if you were talking to your self at the beginning of your journey, what advice would you give yourself? I'd say what's, what's meant to be will be. And if you just, if you just believe in that, I'm not, cause we, we're not, we're not sure, but we still haven't done a transfer. We're not sure we'll ever end up with the baby that we want, but you just have to go, what will be, will be. And at the end of it, we can say we've given it our all. And if you can say that, then you're okay. So yeah, 
there's no, no one no one can tell you it's all going to work out and it's all going to be amazing but if you just say what will be will be then yep. you'll be okay yeah and you're good people good things happen to good people i hope so <laughs> I say that. I, no, I do. I firmly believe that, and I believe, and, I, and I'm with you, Jen. You know, if it's meant to be, it'll be, and and, yeah. and I really firmly believe that. Thank you. I think, as I said before, um, just talk, talk to yourself, talk to your f- friends, talk to your family, talk to Wes, Mike, Carly, whoever, and MSJ. Just talk, because you may turn around and go, "Ah, oh, it's just a stupid question. I'm not going to ask that." There is no stupid question. Because you won't be the first, you won't be the last person to ask a stupid question that you think is a stupid question. So just talk, talk to your partner. Just don't bottle things up. That's all I say is just talk and talk and talk. And also have time for yourself. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really, I think that's a really good, both of of your elements are like, you, 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 you're really experienced now, though, aren't you? You know, you've been through it. You, you, you kind of come into the other end of it where you're moving on to the next phase. Mm. It's been a fear of ours in the beginning is you see so many couples go through infertility and all that and it can really break them apart. And for us, it was about what, how do we, how do we stay anchored to one another? Because you're going to be in rough seas and, you know, you are each other's anchor point. But that's our way of was, you know, and Will's not a natural um talker I tend to externalize everything and Will's very much internalizing so Will had to kind of get used to talking and I probably had to get used to listening yeah <laughs> difficult one but <laughs> yeah. it's been a journey what about you two guys and I know that you've kind of you know midway through and there's still yeah. a lot more to go but you know you've learned so much already yeah, I would say right? stay true to yourself stay true as a couple and be in the moment mm. of it all you know, I think we've said a few times where you always the what ifs and the buts that come along with a lot of the decisions that you have to make and then equally with those decisions that you have to make, you find yourself going on on these crazy kind of little conversations as a couple or in your own heads as to what can I do that will make us sound, you know, this or what can I do to make sure I get a wider net for an egg donor or something like that and actually just bring it all back in like this is about us, this is about, you know, us as a couple and who we are and, yeah, be just be in that moment there and then as opposed to trying to force things to happen. And that like a sponge as well, there is so much information out there and wowzers, like we are, you said about being veterans as such and it was <laughs> certainly not the four of us, but, I mean, we know an awful lot now than we did back then, so... I have listened to every single podcast I can think of. <laughs> I have read every single word on your website. I have read testimonials and I just, I know I'm not much of a reader. I don't I don't read books or anything. I get, I find it quite boring because um, I'm a bit hyperactive. So I need to keep busy all the time. But for me, I'm so interested in the subject. So um, just read everything. Go to the, um, the sort of modern family show that you guys um, yep. run. Also, the socials. Um, I've personally got a lot out of that. We've met some fantastic people along the journey. And we are sociable people, but we don't make new friends as such because we've probably got a fair amount um, to meet later on in life that have sort of collided. So we're fairly busy. So it's kind of using those forums to just open yourself up a little bit, just to talk to people and let people in because it's amazing what a medicine that is to walk away to think oh my god there is actually other people in our situation 
And my last bit I would say is don't be bullied into giving any information that you don't want to by people that aren't part of your journey. Yeah, then that's so, a good point actually, yeah. Yeah, we have definitely given people information that we didn't need to give them because we're nice people and we're polite and we don't want to upset anyone. But actually, after saying it, I thought, oh, God, I wish I hadn't said that. That was yeah. quite private. And, yeah. you know, that's our journey, not not for them to know. And so make that clear right from the beginning when you have your first counselling sessions, uh, really lay that out on the line. This is what we're going to accept and this is what we're not going to accept. And we're going to try and stay true to it as much as we can throughout the journey. If we don't, and we discuss it with each other first rather than do a whoopsie yeah. and then go, oh, sorry, Dan, I said that to mum. I know I shouldn't have done it. It just sort of come out. And do you know what? That's actually a real compromise on trust there. Sure. Because even though it's my mother or his mother, it's like, it's us now. It is. And I, and I often talk about this journey being such a personal, such an intimate journey as well. Mm. I mean, there are things that, you know, you, you go through individually that no one else is aware of because you're so connected. And I think the journey does things to you as well that you need to kind of manage within each other. And I think that's a really, a really big part is how intimate this journey is. Yeah. And you have to protect that for yourselves because who else have you got if you're not protecting yeah. it for yourselves? Well, I feel a bit drained, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's really lovely listening to both of your stories. And, you know, they they have a lot of similarity, but a lot of things that are different. And I think the commonality there with with the journey, irrelevant whether you're same-sex, whether you're hetero, all of those things, there's, there's, some, there's some fundamental things that are the same, no matter, you know, how you yeah. create your family, which I think for us is is kind of really recognizable but also we acknowledge the fact that there's some some differences and everyone's journey is really unique to them so thank you very much for being in the studio with us today i really appreciate your time and i know that the, the these are really personal journeys and and thank you for sharing them with us and i'm sure the listener will appreciate the sensitivity that's gone into being part of the podcast today so i really appreciate all of your energy and support today so thank you very much Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. That was really not what I was expecting from that episode. What was really lovely to hear and see is the dynamics of, of everyone's journey and all of the elements that you just really wouldn't have considered or thought about. I think, you know, both couples gave some really valid advice, some really important messages and steps and I just was kind of blown away by how they are all approaching their surrogacy journey and like we've mentioned before everyone's journey is is really different with different needs and wants and different coping mechanisms but I think you got a real balance from two sets of really lovely intended parents who care and who at some point will make amazing parents so yeah that's that's kind of what I've got to take away from this. So don't forget, if you need your podcast fix, we're here every Monday, proudly sponsored by Hearts and Essex Fertility Centre, one of the top performing fertility clinics in the UK and some of the best success rates in the east of England. If you want to find out more about My Surrogacy Journey, then head over to our website, which is mysurrogacyjourney.com or find us on Instagram at official mysurrogacyjourney. If you like this episode, then please subscribe to the series. Thank you for listening. I have been your My Surrogacy Journey host. Goodbye. Goodbye.